Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. What we've been doing for the last few months is we've been making declarations. Uh, The words are powerful, all right? Words are very, very powerful. What you say matters, all right? And how we use our world uh, words. In fact, I preached a message series years ago that you will change your world if you change your words. All right, maybe I'll do that again. But words are so powerful. So here we go. You, I, I'll say, start, and then you repeat. Here we go. Ready? I am a child of God. I am filled with faith. I said this last week, but oftentimes we get filled. You know, there's we live in a we're a spiritual beings and we live in a spiritual world not just a biological world you know you might have been filled with anger fear anxiety but God wants you to know God wants you to be filled with faith and the Holy Spirit somebody say amen all right I am chosen that's right God chose you when the world rejects you watch this God chooses you I am called refresh me with your word and light my path. Amen. You guys stay standing. I'm going to pray for a service today, okay? Father, we just thank you. We honor you with this service. We thank you for, your, for, for communion today. We thank you, Father, for the fellowship. We thank you for those watching online in person. And God, the Bible says in the book of James, Lord, you say, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. That's our heart today. We want to draw near to the heart of Christ. And Lord, I pray whatever someone needs today, Maybe someone is struggling with hopelessness. Maybe someone is struggling with pain of the past. Maybe someone is struggling with depression or discouragement. I pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would infuse hope into into people today. I pray, God, that you would break down the enemy's schemes today and distractions. I pray that people walk out of here refreshed, renewed, and refueled in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way today. In the name of Jesus, everybody said... Amen, amen. Give the Lord one more clap as you take a seat. Awesome. So good. All right. It says this in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Let me say that one more time. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 in the message, it says this. If people can't see, say see. Say see. All right. If people can't see, in fact, it just reminds me, I, um, you know there's an, a word for God. When, there's several names of God in the Bible. Jehovah, uh, Jehovah Rohi, uh, Jehovah Shammah. One of the names of God, it just totally hit me right now. One of the names of God, all right, and these names uh, are attributes, are characteristics of who God is and what he's like. And one of the names of God is Jehovah El Roi, all right. You want to say that? Oh, just not. All right. Jehovah El Roy-E. All right. And this name comes from the time of Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. Say Hagar. And you remember, we remember, that's a whole other episode that I'm not going to get into today. But you remember what happened with Hagar and Sarah. Remember Sarah got impatient. All right. And they, and Abraham and Hagar, the slave woman in the, the household, they had a child named Ishmael. And remember, then that whole thing happened, and um, what had happened was 
what happened was, all right, they, they sent Ishmael and Hagar away, right? Because uh, uh, Isaac, would, uh, Isaac would come, the son of promise. And Hagar didn't do anything wrong, all right? It was Sarah's impatience that, that led to this situation. They, so they told her, basically take off. She took off in the desert. And, and if you've ever been to the Middle East, I mean, that's, that's the desert. It's dry, it's hot, it's arid. And she was uh, walking in the desert. And all of a sudden, an angel appeared to her. And a well came, uh, 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 an angel uh, showed her where water was, basically. And she gave God this name, Jehovah El Roy-E. Watch, this is powerful. Jehovah El Roy-E. And what that means is, the God who sees me. The God, can you say that with me? The God who sees me, all right? God wants you to see. Now, this might be confusing. Watch this. God wants you to see that he sees you, all right? You're questioning whether God sees you right now in your life with your depression, with your divorce, with your discouragement. But I guarantee you, if you see with spiritual eyes, you will see that God, like Hagar, he sees you and he's going to show up in your life. We're going to be talking about vision today, all right? Let me read this one more time. If people can't see, say, see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, and that is an attribute and characteristic of God. See, as we study theology, all right, it's God's relationship to man and man's relationship to God. And one of the characteristics about God is, watch this, he reveals. God is a revelatory God. He wants to reveal himself to his precious people. He loves people. So he constantly, constantly reveals himself to generation through generation because he loves people. He loves us today. I wonder how God is revealing himself to you personally in your life. Just say a prayer. Just ask God. Just talk to God. God, I want to see you. God, I want to hear you. God, I want the things of you. And I promise you that God will reveal himself to you in your life. Somebody say amen. And it says, when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. The title of my message is, 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 is Vision is Vital, Part 2. Last week we talked about vision, vision about our church, vision for our lives. And um, I was going to go off into a different topic or a different study, but the Lord said, nah, keep talking about vision, all right? Keep pushing vision. Keep talking about vision. And let me tell you, vision is so vital for the people of God. Vision is necessary for our own livelihood and our lives. But watch this. For the people of God, vision is so significant. It is so important, all right? For a lot of us, we live in the mundane. We live in the static. We live in the day-to-day. And oftentimes, we live in life as it always has been. But what if today God reveals himself in such a way that you don't have to live in the mundane? What if you don't have to live in the status quo? What if you can rise up and attend to what he reveals and become who you are always destined to be? Come on, somebody, in the name of Jesus. God wants to give you a vision. God wants to let you know the vision of our church. And we'll get through that today in our sermon, all right? Last week we talked about what vision, what vision does. Say, what vision does? Vision does what it does. It gives you direction. Can I ask you a question? I'm getting ahead of my notes, but this is an important question for you. It's not for me, it's for you. Here we go, ready? Where are you going? Where are you going in your life? Where are you going? I prayed some dangerous prayers at the age of 22 in my life. And um, one of those prayers was, God, I'm tired of asking you to bless my plants. 
Because every time I ask you to bless my plans and bless what I'm doing, I keep dating the wrong woman. I keep going, do, doing the wrong thing. Keep, keep, things keep falling through. And you know what? I'm gonna, I, I, God, I just want your plan. God, I just want to be part of what you're doing. Because I'm in the driver's seat and I'm driving the wrong way. And our gas tank is empty and I'm tired. I'm exhausted on life. And God, I just want to be part of what you're doing. So God, I don't know how to say this. I don't know what this fully encompasses or means. But God, I just, I just want your way. Let me tell you, there's two directions in life. There's either God's way or your way. And let me tell you, if you're not going in God's direction, you're not going anywhere. Come on, somebody. Ooh, I know that's tough. That's pretty, that's pretty harsh, I would say. <laughs> but it's the truth. And we're here at this church, we're after truth. Come on, anyone want truth today? Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. Anybody want the truth? In the world, there's so much misinformation. In the world, we are constantly lied to. I don't want to even get into politics and all that stuff. But we, there's, there's constant lies out there. Anybody want truth today? Come on, somebody. Because with truth comes light. With truth comes revelation. With truth comes clarity in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. When I, when I used to, early on, my first years of preaching... And I didn't know how to preach. And uh, I remember <laughs> my first sermons, I would tell Corrine, that sucked, huh? And she would be like, and I know I'm so thankful for my wife. I'm really thankful because she would salt it with, with not, she would be so, she's so kind. I grew up in the hood. I grew up mean, you know what I'm saying? We said the truth, like we just, that's what it is, right? Corrine, thank God. She was like, you know, there are some good parts. Of, and, it's, and, honest, and I said, Corrine, give it to me straight. How was it? It sucked, huh? She would never say it. I would get her to say it. She would say, these are good parts. These are bad parts. Sometimes I ask my father-in-law, and I would wait to, you know, and he would give me the truth and love. Come on, somebody. Say amen, all right? Truth and love. But I'm, I'm, I want to see us after truth today. And not just abstract truth, because the scripture says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is not just an idea. Truth is a person. Somebody say amen, all right? Jesus, when we go after Jesus... We find truth. So last week we talked about vision is direction. Where are you going? You know, maybe it's not for everyone and not everyone's not there yet in their faith. Everyone's at different levels of their faith and that's okay. This church is for everyone, all right? This church is for people who struggle. I often say and this, not, this is not only a church for everyone, but this is also a church for people wherever they're at in their faith. Somebody say amen. All right, because we're all growing. Watch this. There's nobody perfect here. If you're perfect, you're going to mess up my church. You need to bounce, homie, all right? You, we, there's nobody perfect, all right? We, the only perfect one is Jesus Christ, amen? And we're all pursuing him, and we're all growing up. The Bible says we're all growing up into him, amen? That's the goal, to, that's the goal of the calling church, all right? But we talked about vision. Uh, is dire uh, vision is direction. Today I want to uh, explore a little bit more about what vision does and how necessary it is for our lives. You know, as you, as you read the Bible from cover to cover, from cover to cover, from Adam and Eve all the way to John and Revelation, God constantly gives visions. And now there's a little bit of distinction, there's a little teaching for you, a little distinction between prophecy and vision. Prophecy is usually what God is directly saying, all right, to us, speaking to our hearts, what he's speaking. But vision is, God will give us visions, a portrait, a picture of what he desires, a picture of his will. And God has always done this throughout time. In fact, when he, Moses was raised up to be the leader of Israel, God told him to tell his people, I have a land, and this is a picture, a land flowing with milk and with honey. It's a beautiful picture. You see that? 
you know, I, I don't know if that excited. Milk and honey, let's go, baby. Let milk and honey, all right. I don't know if that, you know, that, that was it. But th- that excited them, all right. God gave them a picture, all right. Uh, 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 I think of Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans for who? He's directly speaking to the nation of Israel in captivity. Say captivity. All right, the Babylonians had, had cap, uh, through Nebuchadnezzar, had conquered Judah and taken uh, all the, the princes to the least of them to the land of, the, of Babylon, all right? And now they're wa- weary, they're, they're, they're not at home, they're in a foreign land, they're wondering, you know, what do we do? How do we go about life? And watch this, God gives them a, a prophecy about how to live, about how to thrive, even in a land of captivity. He says this, a lot of people don't know the, the, the uh, context around that scripture, for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a, a, a future and a hope. Do you see the picture? Let me tell you, God has a picture for you today. Oh, come on, somebody. God wants to just get a Polaroid. Psh, you know how you, psh. he wants to give you a picture of your life. All right. He wants to give you a picture. So here's my first point this morning is, watch this, vision gives us precision. Give, vision gives us precision or clarity. Say clarity. Do you, are you clear about your life? Are you clear about the direction that you're going in? Are you clear about your relationship? Are you clear about your calling? Come on, somebody. Are you clear about God's will for your life? Most Christians, I want to say most Christians, a lot of Christians, a lot of people don't have precision. They have confusion in their life. They are confused about what God thinks about them. They're confused about, should I be in this relationship with Jessica? All right. Should I be in this? Should I, should I potentially marry this person? I don't know. Right. Uh, they're confused. And watch this. Uh, confusion, another word for confusion is blurry. Say blurry. I don't know about you. How many wear glasses? Come on. Say it like you're proud. How, uh, right, right. How, many wear, how many wear contacts? All right. So many of you don't know, but I actually wear, I have to wear glasses. All right. I have to wear glasses because um, I'll be hitting the walls. You know what I'm saying? All right. I'll be hugging my dog thinking it's my wife. No, I'm just kidding. All right. I, I have to wear glasses. All right. That would feel real wrong, right? <laughs> I'd be itchy. My dog has a lot of hair, so it's like. So, uh, 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 oh, I, someone said I made a mistake. Okay. Wife, for another communion time after service. All right. All right. It was a joke. All right. All right. So, uh, uh, I have to wear glasses, all right? Oh, no, I'm just letting that sink in. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. I'm having, uh, in the name of Jesus Cristo, amen. All right, I'm going to, all right. So going back to the sermon, glasses, all right? She'll get me later. I know she will. All right, glasses. I have to wear glasses. I have to wear glasses because I, I have an astigmatism and I don't see clearly. You know, when you go to the doctor, uh, they test your vision, they, you know, you can't get a driver's license. I don't know how some of these people be driving out there. You know what I'm saying? All right? Uh, because uh, they won't give you a driver's license without testing your vision at the DMV. But some people, they got a driver's license and they drive a little crazy. But they'll test your vision. They want you to see 2020. They want you to see clearly. They want you to see with precision. All right? And God wants you to see with precision, all right? God wants you to see finally his will and his purposes for our lives. You know, there is already a revealed will. God already has a revealed will. You say, how has he revealed his will? One of the grand ways God has revealed his will is through the Bible. 
God tells us what he thinks. God tells us his plans. God tells us his purposes. So God does not want us to live with confusion in our lives. We have a book here that tells us what he absolutely thinks about you. Even if, even if you struggle in your life, he tells you what he thinks about. He loves you. He has an abiding, forever, never failing love for you. Man, I just sinned yesterday. But watch this. God still loves you. The Bible says that he will give you a grace to overcome temptations. The Bible says that even if you are a failure and even if you've fallen down or the righteous man gets back up again. Come on, somebody. There is already a revealed will. And that's why some of us, we don't know his will because our, head is, we, our eyes are not in the book. Amen. So if we want clarity in our life, I think Pastor Kareem just said, join a life group. Come on, somebody. Do not mom alone. All right. Study the Bible together. I don't know how to study the Bible. Well, there, there's people there who do. All right. So, and there's other steps, right? Growth track. Actually, growth track is next week. We have child care for growth track. It's going to be in the lobby. All right. Commercial time. <laughs> we're going to have food and we're going to have lunch. We're going to feed you all. Come on, somebody say amen. All right. You need uh, uh, clarity in your life. Maybe you're here today. I see a lot of people all the time, no judgment at all, and it makes me so happy, is that there's a lot of times people walk in because they're bruised about life, they're confused about life, and they come to the house of God, to the people of God, they come to God to find clarity. And if that is you today, you're in the right place. Come on, give the Lord a clap for that. If you're in the, you're in the right place, if you're seeking clarity, if you're seeking peace if you're seeking precision today. The biblical definition of vision is it involves a visual representation of God's will. And I'll share this. I've only shared this once and I don't like to share it a lot because it's my, one of my sacred ones, so to speak. When I was in Bible school, I clearly had a vision from God. Clearly. And you'll know the difference between you and God. You will know, all right? Because oftentimes a vision is so grand, it, it, it it's beyond you, but it, can, it involves you. I remember one night I was sleeping and I was dreaming. Uh, actually, it was Christmas time. And I, I, didn't, I was just seeking God for clarity and, and purpose in my life. And I was in Bible school, so I had some idea of what I was going to do or, 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 or how I was you know, going to go about his plans. I will never forget, I literally dreamed of an angel. And this angel, and let me tell you, God's angels are his messengers and they're amazing. I remember the feeling that I had when I dreamed about this angel. And in his hand, it had a shepherd's rod, and it was golden. And I kept telling the angel, man, that's, that's awesome. That's not for me. You, you know where I come from, El Monte, Baldwin Park, and Pomona at the same. Angel, take, take that. That's not for me. Uh, angel, do you know, how that, you, know, you know the thoughts that are going up here? That's not for me, angel. You know? You know, do you know the, my past? Do you know I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not fit for this? And I just remember the angel, the gift, watch this, what I mean to say is the gift of God. God's gifts are irrevocable. And, ir- and even you could have failed, you could have gotten three divorces. His gifts for your life will never stop. Come on, somebody. His love for you will never, you could have ugly, you could be through t- seasons of depression. His gifts for you are his gifts for you. Somebody say amen, all right. I remember this angel giving me a golden shepherd's rod. And his face was just radiant. And his face was just shiny. His face, and all in his face, he had, his, he had a smile on his face with tenderness and absolute love. And it, and it made me sob. Like, man, how is it that I can do that? And God's basically saying, you can't do that. 
I've given you a gift to do that. I want to let you know that every time I'm on this pulpit, I ain't alone. There's someone else with me. Amen. It's a, it's a grace gift of enablement to do God's will and his calling in our life. You've been thinking that God has called you to do something by yourself, but you don't realize that the Holy Spirit is going to move in through you, all right, by his power and his charisma, his charismata, his grace gift. Somebody say amen, all right? We are not alone in this life. Somebody say amen, all right? Uh, So I had a vision about what God had for me in my life. And I remember when we started the church, man, I didn't know how to preach. Man, I didn't know what I was doing. My first member was my wife, and I was like, don't leave. Please don't leave, all right? And I I was just like, man, I don't know God. But day by day, year by year, it grew. Salvation by salvation, it grew. Over 1,000 salvation uh, later, God was moving. Come on, somebody. And this year, we have over 100 people making a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Amen? I believe that God has a vision for this church. I believe that the church, the, the church's best days are still ahead of her. Somebody say amen. Last time I read in Matthew chapter 16, the Bible says that even the gates of hell will not overcome my church. Come on, somebody. Regardless of what goes on out there, regardless of what legislators legislate, whatever, whatever demon does out there, the Bible says not even the gates of hell will overcome his church. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's no competition. Between God and the devil. Let me say that one more time. There is no competition between God and the devil. What are you worried about? Why are you going to bed so fearful at night when God has forever defeated Satan himself? Somebody say, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? I just was meditating on that this week. Michael, what are you worried about? You're going to heaven. I saved you. I love you. I know you. You know what, Michael? I know you better than you know you. I know what you're going to say tomorrow, and I still love you. I know what you're going to do next year, and I still love you. You said that joke about your wife, and I still love you. Come on, somebody. What, what I'm trying to do here is pull you forward into a vision. Because some of us, God wants to pull you forward. Come on, somebody. God wants to pull you forward. We're moved forward with hope and, and, and joy when we have a vision. But you know what? A lot of us are so hurt. We're so broken. I'm going to be straight real with you. You know how I am up here. I'm broken, and I'm still on my journey. I've experienced trauma. I've seen things I should have never seen. But you know what gets me moving forward instead of backward? Is this vision, this picture, this, 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 is this Jesus moves me forward. But it's when I start looking back and I start thinking about who hurt me, they say, What? They did what? How dare them? And when you, you, know, you know how it is when you grow up in a broken hood past, right? But God says, never mind them. Move forward. Come on, somebody. Some of you, you're stuck on the pain. You're stuck on the diagnosis. You're stuck on the person, on the perpetrator. You're stuck. You're stuck. This is what, this one, I can't understand. Some of you are stuck on dead people. And they're dead. And you're alive. And they still live in referee right here. It's time to move forward. Come on, somebody say amen. Give the Lord a clap. It's time to move forward if you believe it. Come on, somebody. You believe it, all right? God wants to give you precision, clarity. Say clarity. Can you picture, well, let me say this story. I remember when I was a young boy. I was born in the late 80s. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, all right, and the 90s. And uh, no cell phones, no internet. Didn't know how to use no internet. I didn't think I heard about internet, all right, until I was like in junior high school, all right? 
And uh, I remember that my, my grandmother, she's a baby boomer, born in the 50s, and she had this huge TV, this big, and it was like this tall. And I remember there was a, and the, the, the center was this huge, like glass, all right, it was glass. And this panels was a speaker. And on the top, there was this panel that you had to pull out like this. And there was a dial like this big that you had to chink, change the channel just like that, all right. How many remember that, all right? Like this, all right. Now that thing is like, that's like worth money probably. I don't know what she did with that. And I remember to get a signal all right, to get, because oftentimes you're, there's, there's snow, there's snow on the TV. And oftentimes, you remember those bunny ears, they're like three feet long, all right. You're pulling them up and then you're moving them and it's like stand the right way. Put your hand up, put your, your elbow up, put your leg up. All right, oh, we got the picture, all right. There's snow, all right. And, and oftentimes we had to move that thing to get a clear picture. What God is trying to tell someone today is if you want to move into the, the blessings of God, the purposes of God, you're going to get, you're going to have to get like those bunny ears and you're going to have to move yourself, get yourself into position to see a clear picture. Somebody say amen, all right. God wants to give you a clear picture, but you can't go in two directions at once. You can't go back there and you can't go up there, over there at the same time. Or you can't stay here and go over there. Last week I said there are three kinds of people, all right. There are campers, say campers. There's cruisers or coasters and then there's climbers. Which one are you, all right? God wants to see you climb. But can you picture with a vision, with God's vision, can you picture your life in perfect peace? Can you get a picture of wholeness? Can you get a picture of freedom from addiction? Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name, all right? Can you get a picture of a forever faithful love in Christ? Can you, get a picture, can you picture a beautiful family can you picture the fullness of life and going to bed with peace without dropping a, sweat, a cold sweat every night? I shared last week, and I'll share it again. At the age of 19 or, or 20, I remember I was contemplated taking my life because I was going through such hard times in my life. I had not experienced what the Bible says is true life. I I, I, my parents lost custody of me. I've seen them do drugs. I, I, I've seen my dad go to jail. You know, I'd get letters from jail. All right. I, I, I've gone through all that stuff. And at the, at, at the age of 20, I was just, I, I couldn't picture anything in my future. And I, I, I was sharing that, you know, I, I'm not sure why I'm here, Lord. I, I, this, this life is painful. It's brutal. I, I need you. And I, I sometimes think, you know, if I went through with that, you know, I would have missed out on the great things that I have today. Come on, somebody. My beautiful family, my calling, my purpose. And what God was doing in me then at that moment, back then, is he was trying to give me a visual, a picture of his vision for my life. And watch this. Your future will go in the direction of what you are most committed to. Let me say that again. Your future will go in the direction of what you are most committed to. What I mean by that is, what are you telling yourself? What picture do you keep on seeing? What do you believe about your future? Because if you constantly rehearse and nurse the past, your future is going to be altered. Your trajectory is going to be off. But I'm here with a church that believes that they are, uh, that they are healed, that they're going to become whole, that they're going to have perfect peace. I believe in a church that is telling themselves that I'm loved by God, even though I've made mistakes, even though the past is the past. I believe in a God that has a forever 
her love for my life. Come on, somebody. You're going to go, your life is going to go in the direction of what you're most committed to. And I said this last week, and I said it again today. What God does is he gives us a picture of what the future is like, and he wants us to align ourselves to what that looks like tomorrow. You see that? So if I sign up for a gym, all right, and I want an eight-pack of abs, I can't keep eating potato chips. You know what I'm saying? All right? I have to change my today so that I arrive to my tomorrow. Somebody say again. I have, let me say that again. I have to change my today so I can arrive to my tomorrow. Let me, let me pre- break this up practically. Do you want your family to have peace and wholeness? Do you want to have, do you yourself want peace? Do you want healing? Not only is Jesus a savior, Jesus is the healer. And if you want healing, if you want peace in your life, our lives, it means that we have to change our position with the bunny ears. We have to get in alignment with what that looks like so that today changes. Somebody say amen. You see that? So that means when it comes to Sunday, it's not a negotiable. I'm going to get my feet there because of what my tomorrow looks like. Whatever the week looks like, I'm going to get my head in the book so I can arrive uh, uh, in shape. If I can arrive whole and complete, so to speak, in my destination in eternity. Do you see that? All right. God wants to give you a vision. Can you picture healing and joy and peace in your life? Now, here's my second point. Without vision, we'll have a collision, all right? Without vision, we'll have collision in our life. It says this in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Some have refused to let their faith guide their conscience, and their faith has been destroyed like a, sh- a wrecked ship, all right? Let me say that again. Some have refused to let their faith guide their conscience. What are you guided by? That's why I said, where are you going? Are you going by what you desire or what you want? Or are you going to go by God's blessing, God's direction, God's vision? Some have refused to let their faith guide their conscience, and their faith has been destroyed like a wrecked ship, all right? Without, the Bible says, without vision, people make serious mistakes, All right. Without vision, we're just lost at sea without any idea of how to get to where you want to go. No vision, watch this, means no destination. That's why I say, where are we going? No vision means wandering and potentially becoming shipwrecked in our life, in our faith. No vision is like being in a car without GPS, running empty on gas, just driving and going wherever the wind takes us, so to speak. But at the Calling Church, God has a vision for this community, for the Calling Church, God has a vision for you. God wants to use your life to make a difference in this community. Watch this. Pastor Michael and Pastor Kareem is not going to be able to transform the community alone. It takes all of us together. Somebody say amen, all right? All of us, all right? If we want to see the type of world we want to see, are we going to continue to watch CNN or Fox News? If we want to see the world that we desire and pray to see, are we going to step up and not just watch those, you know, bobbleheads go and be the Christians that God has called us to be. Somebody say amen. All right. It means that we have to rise up. It means that we have to uh, make a difference, so to speak. And I believe that this church is just getting started. Come on, y'all. Let me just say this. I've seen you before I see you with my eyes today. You know why? It might be your first time. It might be your second time. But you don't surprise me. You know why? 
Because I've already seen it in my faith. I've already seen this auditorium filled. I've already seen addicts become free. I've already seen in my faith, I see families reconcile. Somebody say amen. You know, this week, um, I was praying and praying and praying. And last week, when God asked me to speak about vision, I was, you know, a little overwhelmed because like, man, you know, what do you want me to share with your people for them to see? What picture? What picture do you want to show them, Jesus? What, what do you want? Do you want them to see a great outreach? Is that the picture you want them to see, Jesus? Do you want them to see a great building? Is that what you want them to see, Jesus? Do you want them to see this number of salvations? Is that what you want them to see? What is it that you want them to see, Lord? And then, honest to God, he just, he just said this, and it was so awesome. And just, he said, you know what I want them to see? I just want them to see me. I want my church to see me. Because I think oftentimes in life we get so bruised and beaten, dejected and discouraged, that they don't see me no more. They, they, got, they got the old prescription on. And I want you, Michael, to refresh them, to, to, to give them an idea of, or, or to share with them. I want you to see me. You know, in the Hebrew, the word see is also the word experience. Say experience. God wants you to experience him. He wants you to experience him. And watch this. Not only does God want you to see him, not only does God want um, yeah, you to see him, he wants Pasadena to see him. He wants Monrovia to see him. He wants Baldwin Park and El Monte to see him. And not only does God want uh, people to see him, watch this, God desperately wants people to experience him. And to experience him means to be, to be in his presence. And in his presence, there's joy. And in, the, in his presence, there's freedom. And in his presence, there's hope. Come on, somebody. You hear what I'm saying? And in his presence, there is great potential. Look what Psalms, I'm going to have the keyboardist come on up here. Look what Psalms chapter 34 verse 8 says. And I like this verse. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. In my prayers, I was asking God, you know, I know you want them to see you, but what do you think they're seeing? There's so many thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Last I checked, in L.A. alone, there's about 14 million people. Pasadena alone, there's over 190,000 people, which too few of them go to church, which too few of them experience Jesus. All right? Now, our vision here is that we want to make an impact in our community and we realize that we cannot do it alone. And how, how, we, does, how we change the world, that we, 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 how we see the world we want to see is by us getting in alignment with God. I see, I see a dynamic church making a difference in our community. I see a church that truly understands who they are in Christ Jesus. I see the calling church never wavering on the word of God despite the chaos of the culture. Let me say that again. I see a church that is firm on God's word, all right, despite the chaos of the culture. I see a church that understands that every answer to life, every, excuse me, every question to life, depression, anxiety, life, death, relationship, marriage, eternity, all of the questions answered right here in the book. Somebody say amen. 
I see a church that has a dynamic music ministry. And it's not about profits. It's about writing music to make a difference in our generation who's desperately hungry and hurting. Come on, y'all. I see a church that is, is a strong family ministry where our little ones from two-year-olds to three-year-olds and four-year-olds are being discipled and they are making decisions, so to speak, to follow God for the rest of their life. It, um, I was so proud of our team because my daughter came up to me during the week and um, she quoted a verse and I was stunned. She, I was stunned. She said, and God saw that Everything he made, and she did the gestures God saw, everything was, it was good. Genesis 1, something, all right. She's only three years old. Come on, y'all. We want our children to understand who they are in God's eyes, not who they are according to their eyes out there. Come on, somebody. I see a church that we're not going to just do playground and just daycare but a church that we're raising up young ones in the ways of the Lord so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. I see a church that's multi-generational. God says he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A church where grandma and grand, grandson can go to, to church together and worship and make a difference. Come on, somebody say amen. I see a church that is like a lighthouse with beaming, beaming hope, the hope of Jesus Christ. I see a church that says, taste and see, community, that God is good. I see a church, I see this auditorium and my faith filled up. In fact, one of our goals is we want to see 400 people by next summer come to this church and make a decision. Watch this, it's not about us, it's about the glory of God. Somebody say amen, y'all out there. I see a church that is inviting people, saying, look, come and see. Look what God has done for me. Look what God has done in me. And if he did it for me, he's going to do it for you. Look, I've gone through a divorce and God has patched me up. And I see, friend, that you're divorced. I know that my God is going to patch you up too. Look, I've gone through depression and discouragement and, and being dejected in my life. If God has patched me up, he can do it for you. Does anyone believe that today? Somebody say amen. Come on, y'all. Jesus is the answer. So here's how, how we do this. First and foremost, it starts with you. It starts with you. If we're ever going to make a difference in our community, it begins with us, all right? And so if you don't know the Lord, why not? If you're one foot in with the Lord and one foot out, why? You know what the Bible says? That our life is just a vapor. We're a puff of smoke. We're here today, and then we're gone tomorrow. But watch this. You can make an eternal impact in people's lives and that difference would be made not just on this side of heaven, but for all of eternity. What a great thing. Somebody say amen, all right? So it starts with you. If you don't know Jesus, why not today? If you're one foot in, one foot out, why? Why not give God a try? You might have given everything else a try, honest to God. You, know, you might have given drugs a try. You might have given relationships a try. You might have given other things a try. Why not give Jesus a try? And watch this. You will never uh, regret the opportunity of giving him your heart. Here's another way. Actually, let's put the life groups on up, up there we, uh, and Grove Track as, as well. Here's another way. If you're new, if you're discovering who Jesus is, get plugged into a life group. Waleeing, it's right there. One, two, three, boom, boom. Four, five, six, there it is. All right. Why not get involved in a life group? Oh, you, here's, here's, here's something people say a lot, and this was to me too. I don't want to get involved in church. 
I, don't, I like Jesus, but I won't get involved in church. Okay, so you don't want to be a Christian. Because to be a Christian means that, yes, number one, get your life right with God, but you need a church. That's like a plant without a pot. You can't, they don't, it's just going to die tomorrow, right? You need a church, all right? You, you might think that you're going to get hurt again, all right? But watch this. This is the way to grow, growing in your faith and developing is by relationship. By, like I said, communion, koinonia, fellowship, partnership, all right? How about Grove Track? Next week on September 10, we have Grove Track, and Grove Track teaches you about our vision. We're going to go deeper about how to, what it looks like to follow Jesus. We're going to go deeper about what our goals are as a church. We want to see you develop in your gift. And also, we're going to feed you pizza. Somebody say amen. All right? So there's ways to connect. Say connect. And to have a proper uh, way of following Christ, it means we follow him and then we connect with each other. All right? So here's how, you, here's how we uh, move toward the vision that God has given us as a church. Number one, pray. Number two, get planted. Number three, serve. Join a serve team. Number four, give, all right? Because obviously it takes giving to make a difference. And number five, invite, all right? So let me just wrap this up. God wants to give you precision. He wants to give you clarity, not confusion. The other guy is the one that wants to confuse you. God wants to give you clarity about who you are, about your identity. Isn't Right now, identity is what the devil is using right now, big time. But God wants to give you precision about who you are, about your purpose, all right? And not only so, but he wants to pull you forward into his plans and his purposes. I'm going to have every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. And we're going to have an intimate time of prayer. Lord, we just come before you. And Father, we're going to be courageous enough as a people to let go of the past, even to let go and forgive the perpetrators in our lives. They no longer are going to live in our minds, in our hearts, rent free. We close the door on the past and we open the door inviting you to heal us. Not only to save us, but to heal us. So that we may move forward in your plans and be in alignment with your will. We want your way, God. We don't want our way. When we drive the vehicle of our lives, it's just an accident. It's just a collision waiting to happen. But we give up the driver's seat so that you can have the keys, you can have the steering wheel to take us where you desire to go. And not only as, as individuals, but as a church here in the city of Pasadena. I want to pivot for a moment. Maybe you've come to church for the first time. Maybe you've been coming for six months. Whatever it is, do you know Christ? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? I'm not asking if your grandma knew Jesus. I'm not asking if your second uncle's wife was a Baptist preacher. I'm asking about you. Do you know Christ? And do you have a relationship with him? If not, why not? Today's the day. You're the person. God will make the change in your heart. You don't have to do life alone anymore. Give your life to him. Not only will he save you, he will heal you and put you uh, on his in his plans and his purposes. What I'm going to do is in this next step is I'm simply going to ask you to raise your hand. No one's watching. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. I'm not going to put a mic in your face, but I want to agree with you in prayer. Pastor Michael, I know that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be certain and clear about my eternity of heaven forever to be with him. So here we go. On the count of three, I know I need Christ. I know I need my sins forgiven. I want him to give me a bright future and clean up my life and heal me. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. 
Anyone in the house? I know I need Jesus. Amen. So good. So proud of you. Several people here. So good. So proud of you. Amen. Amen. God loves you. He sees you. So powerful. Anybody online, connect with your host. So good. Every hand down. All right. Lift up your heads. Open up your eyes. Give the Lord an amazing clap. So powerful. So good. So good. Can you guys stand with me? We're going to pray this prayer of salvation together. Repeat after me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my life. I believe I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Come into my heart. I want a bright future. I want a future with you. Heal my wounds, heal my scars, and infuse your hope into my life. I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Come on, give the Lord a great clap, so good. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.